Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we welcome you back to Warchant Game Day. It's the post-game call-in show alongside the founder and administrator of Warchant.com. He's Gene Williams. My name is Tom Lang. And Gene... If you don't own a rocking chair, you should by now because it's been rocking chair win after rocking chair win for Florida State. Now seven and three on the season, 38 to three. And this was another game that by the middle of the second quarter, you're saying the result is in hand. How about that, Gene? How about that? I'm popping one. Thanks to our friends at ABC. It's setting me up a little hacker for sure. A little nice. Mars on, a little Oktoberfest. Love that style. Thank you guys. So I'm getting to pop that open. Um, I, I mean, second game in a row, just a third game in a row, really, with just complete blowouts. I mean, I, I to me, the story, again, is the defense. And I, I know that Garrett Schrader was not 100% in this game, but still, to go up to the Carrier Dome, and if you've been up there, Tom, that is a tough place to play in, mm-hmm. to completely shut them down the way they did. I mean, we're looking now, you look at the rankings, I forget what Florida State was, total defense, but, I mean, they've got a shot at this rate to be a top 10 Total defense. What odds would have you given that at the beginning of the season? There's no chance that this could be a top 10 defense this year. So as they've gotten healthier, they've gotten better, they've got more confidence, they've bought into the system. It's something. I just, it's, I'm every week, it seems like the last two weeks, I'm underestimating how good this team is. They look like a top 10 team right now. They do. They're doing what good teams are supposed to do, which is when you play inferior opponents, you knock them out of the game, and you knock them out early. Z-Chan, thank you so much. We're thank you, Z-Chan, great... our favorite dentist. Yeah, that's right, the official DMD of WarChan TV. Three big wins in a row. Let's go. Love the efficiency. Makes the three losses that much worse. Well, I'm, we'll focus on the positive. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And th- there I'm is a piss at NC State game. The other two I can live with. That game right now, oh, be ten, a... looking at ten wins. Come it's on. a little bit of what could have been there because then that Clemson game takes on a whole different meaning, and who knows what conversation we're having because Florida State has the win over LSU, and that looks a whole lot better by the week, even though they escaped Arkansas today. That's the SEC West champion, LSU Tigers. Oh, Oops. they could be the SEC champs, Tom. Yeah, that's right. Eventually, they could be. So, I mean, so I guess Florida State's SEC champs. That's right. And to the 1,000-plus of you that are joining us, thank you for being here on War Cheers. Champs TV. How does it feel to win 7 out of 10 games, everybody? We were looking at 7-5, and 8-4, and 9-3 and three if everything falls right. Now it feels like nine and three is squarely in the crosshairs because two Fridays from now, Florida State and an improving Florida Gator program will tilt on Black Friday, 7.30 p.m. We can turn our eyes toward that. We've got to take care of business against Louisiana. But that's it starts to get real fun real fast, and that's what happens when you have three straight blowout victories, Gene. If they do it again next week, which they should, but they got to take care of business against Louisiana, 
That is a month of blowouts. What an existence right now it is to be a Florida State fan versus it's, the last five, six years. It's something. I gotta take, look, I'm drinking a Mars on Oktoberfest hacker for sure. Tom is not, by the way, this guy, our MVP at War Chant is Tom Lang, man. He, he's ill and he ought to be in bed. Pre-game show, he did half the in-game show. He's doing the post-game show. He's up late for you guys, man. Tom, cheers yeah. to you, buddy. Cheers. You know, we are, you, you've, you've been a warrior today. We, we appreciate it. And you wouldn't know. I'm like, I was watching, I went to a friend's to watch the first half. We, of course, we put on the pregame. And a buddy of mine sitting there go, he doesn't look sick. He seems perfectly fine. Cause I'm like, because he's a gamer, Tom will fight through it, man. You're like Michael Jordan against Cleveland with the flu. It doesn't matter. You just go out and perform. It's the power of medicine, Gene. Uh, it's, but thankfully it's not affecting the nostrils or anything like that. So I will take one second. I'm going to be selfish for one second here as we get going on War Chant Game Day. Colleagues and friends of mine, Gene, here in Tallahassee in a little golf league I play in, call it Tallahassee MGA, played in the world championships in Las Vegas today Ooh. of all mediocre golfers across the country. And we had a representative take down the world championship from Tallahassee. Awesome. Representing good Knowles out there in Las Vegas enjoying this win. Cheers to all of you and to Dan, who won the world championship. Congrats, Dan. Yeah. It's Genie Fire, like a 95 and an 83. So this is, this is mediocre <laughs> golf, but a win. You're beating hundreds of people. So congratulations to them. Wow. I, I guess he's not having fun in Vegas tonight. Oh my God. What a place to be when you win a tournament like that. But it's a great place to be as an old fan. And that's what wow. we're all here to do tonight is just when's the last time that you could, and the cold front's coming through Tallahassee tonight. When's the last oh, time beautiful. you could have a bonfire? Sit back, kick your feet up, stare at the fire, and talk about how good your football team is. But Tom, I, I don't think any – but, Tom, none of us saw – look, we thought – I mean, I think we some of us said eight, maybe nine wins, maybe outside of things kind of click. But to put these dominating wins – and I get it. This isn't a great Miami team. It's, you know, it's an average Syracuse team probably realistically. Yeah. But to blow teams off the map, and it just like you said, middle of the second quarter, this game was over. Middle of the second quarter, Miami game was over. That is, that's the risk between being a borderline top 25 team and a top 10 team. Yes. Look, like I said, they look legitimate like a top 10 team. And if not for that, again, NC State game, they would, they would be a top 10 team. They w- or they'd be on the fringe right now doing it. If they could run the table and we'd be talking about some kind of crazy bowl. And I do, I don't know if Ben got my email. I do, I am coming up my top 10. You guys had a great segment, you and Jeff in the pregame show. About, uh, what was it? Hashtag, uh, all the fixins. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. All the fixins. My top five, all the fixins. I'm going to unveil at some point during the show. When Ben's ready, we're going to roll up my top five. Okay. Awesome. Uh, All right. So we were watching the first half. We had, so we watched it with my buddies and we were, we were watching the commercials. We're watching all stuff, but we were ranking them. So we had a lot of fun with that. It's a fun little thing to do during the games on the ACC network. I, I kind of enjoy them. I'm tired of all those Geico commercials and, you know, you see the Patrick Mahomes and those commercials. We see those all the time. They, they, it's so refreshing. These silly commercials with bad actors and horrible products that you should never yeah. buy. So I, I was spared because I'm watching on YouTube TV. So they do the, uh, the, you know, ad placement stuff. So, you know, if I've been to Zaxby's recently, I get a Zaxby's ad. So what do you know? Uh, so I can't wait to see that list. Um, but to return to the field for just a moment, Gene, yeah. I agree with you that the defense is the, is the talking mm-hmm. point tonight. Because early in this game, as Florida State was asserting itself, there were a couple of empty possessions. One was a turnover on a strip sack and a weird play. And then there was another that was short-circuited in the uh, first quarter, I believe it was, uh, by a holding call on Johnny Wilson. Florida State was on a short field. They were unable to convert. 
And the defense has to make stops in order to continue to have that game feel like it's out of reach for Syracuse. You know, uh, for example, against Clemson, Florida State jumps out 7-0. They get the ball. They're at midfield. Micah Pittman with a good punt return. They don't do anything with it. Next thing you know, Clemson takes over. The defense has allowed the offense to get it together at times in this three-week stretch, getting stops against Georgia Tech, getting stops tonight against Syracuse, so that when the offense clicks again, it's not going from a one-score game to a two-score game. It's going and extending two scores, three scores. It never That building never felt like it was on the brink of getting loud because the defense wouldn't let it happen, Gene. And they got downhill. They made plays in space. Garrett Trader's not an easy guy to get to the ground. I don't care if he's 80% or 100%. They got him to the ground. For the most part, they contained Sean Tucker. And Flanagan called holds on him because they were holding. So it was just a mix of a lot of things working together. Yeah. And I think, Gene, they were robbed of two points because – Oh, that, that might make our top five, Tom, so no okay. spoiler. So, sorry, it's yeah. one of the categories. Oh, but I know. Go ahead. They miss it two ways, Gene, because there's a blatant hold on Leonard Warner in the end zone, which a holding in the end zone is an automatic safety. And then – there is, of course, all the fixins, a missed, uh, <laughs> a missed intentional grounding call. There's nobody in the area for, for where Schrader's throwing the ball. So they should have actually been tonight, uh, three to two at a three point to two point deficit. And even that three points was off of a short field, Gene. So the defense has just been outstanding. As I was talking about it in the watch along, you know, this isn't technically a game where you get a, a, a baseball with a spike in it from Chip Baker, but it should be. It seems it, like it. Yeah. They played so well tonight. Well, too, I mean, going out of Miami and holding them to three points, too. I mean, that's the same thing. Anytime you hold Miami or Florida, yep. I mean, under a touchdown ought to be a spike baseball. I get it. But you know what? Well, maybe you never know. Maybe this weekend coming up, Tom, might be a spike baseball. I mean, you might. The defense plays this focused in. Yeah. They they can pull that off this week. So, I mean, the other thing, it strikes me. Look, the defense, night and day, Jordan Travis, great game. We've got to talk some, obviously, about, I mean, Trey Benson is just playing at a ridiculous level right now. Yes. But how about this is another game where there's been no special teams gaps. And this is the thing. People got on me being so upset about Georgia Tech, some of the mistakes. What bothers me because I saw the potential, how good this team could be if they could cut out some of the mistakes. The last two games, they've cut out the mistakes. Yeah. There's no, they've cut out the nonsense in the red zone. Well, I should say the nonsense. The game was over when they pulled the whole double reverse little throw to Jordan, but that was kind of, that was an in your face thing. The game was over anyway at that point. Yeah. Um, but the special teams have been effectively, I mean, okay. Fitzy came up a little short on that kick, but yeah. I mean, they're not making the stupid mistakes and it makes such a difference on special teams and they're, the field position was unreal in this game. It didn't matter because you dominated them so much. But if this was a game against a competent opponent, that would have been a huge difference in the game. You're starting your midfield every drive. They're inside their 10 more often than not on every single drive. So that was really impressive. Yeah, I think at halftime, the disparity was something like 236 to 61. I might be off a little bit there in terms of total yardage. But that's misleading because Florida State had short fields so much they couldn't amass 300 or 400 yards. You know, if they started at their 20 the whole first half, I think they might have had a 400-yard first half. The offense was clicking. But, I mean, one of the drives was 26 yards. It was a good return of face mask. One play, Johnny Wilson touchdown. And I just, I really enjoyed the game plan this week, Gene, because in watching Syracuse, and one of the things I failed to, to file because of getting under the weather, but I had a little look at Syracuse for this morning, uh, they play off coverage. This is what they do against everybody. Mm-hmm. They give cushions at 6 to 10 yards depth all year long. They like to rush three and play in that 3-3-5 set. So 
take those short, quick passes. And the throw to Malik McClain, look, man, that's as easy a throw. Oh, as how about that stiff arm? But you allow a playmaker to go make a play, and Malik hasn't been described as a playmaker all that often, but good for that young man. Gene, that was evil. That was yeah. really, I mean, just disrespect. And I loved every minute of it. Same thing with Johnny. Break a tackle, you go for a house call. If they're going to give you that, you take it. And it's another example. The offense got a little bit skewed in, in the middle of the first half, and Mike Norvell took credit or a blame for it. Uh, in his halftime interview when he said, that's on me. Some weird play calls there in the middle, and I told my players, everybody's accountable. That's my fault, which is the sign of an awesome coach. But for the most part, they said, all right, Syracuse, if you're going to play soft and play off, we're going to take what you give us. And and that's the sign of a team that understands what it, what it means to play winning football. And I think might be lost at switch, and we're talking more about the offense here, and I think people – can you know they may say well Florida State all the people that Adam Fuller detractors can be like well Garrett Schrader wasn't that good and he was 100% blah 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 okay but let's so let's switch to the offensive side of the ball I don't think people realize Syracuse is actually a pretty good defensive team yeah they were NCAA rankings they were number 15 in both total defense and scoring defense they're only giving up 18 points a game I mean Florida State had the backups in I mean was it late third quarter? Third quarter, yes. Um, so I mean, they they would have easily put forty five on the board or or more had they kept the starters in in this game. That shows you how well this offense is clicking right now. They're going to need that because you had the discussion. We're all jumping ahead, and I get it. I understand that. We should probably jump ahead to Florida. If you get the good Anthony Richardson in that game, you're going to need that offense to click. You're going to need to score some points against that team. So I mean, I think the fact that that offense has been so efficient, it runs well. Jordan's making good decisions. Receivers are making plays. That's a very good sign going forward for the rest of the season. We got uh, some people to thank here on Warchan TV. We always do. Thank you for your support. Just by showing up, you're helping us. So if you're in here, nearly 1,250 of you. Oh, wow. Sorry, 1,350 of you need to get reading glasses. Uh, make sure to hit the like button underneath the video. Subscribe to Warchan TV. It's absolutely free. Uh, but to those of you that have provided and uh, been supportive, like Angela, Angela, thank you. Thank you. Angela the runner. I love Angela. Met her at the Island uh, Place here. Uh, not a sponsor of our program, so I won't say their full name. But the Island Place. Yeah, thank you very, very much. Uh, we appreciate it. And if you got a question, pop back in there. William, cheers to Tally Special. That's right. The, I called it the Noli Special, but the Tally Special is better. Uh, Syracuse was asking for it, and we obliged. That's right. That kid is talking trash to the FSU sideline after making yeah, What is that? What was that about? I wonder if that changed Mike's mind. I, honestly, I wonder if he's like, oh, really? Don't you think that had an, on that, that play call down on the goal line? Do you think that had something to do with it? I, it, I might have. Because it, it seems like in a game when you're blowing a team out to make that play call down there, that seems like an in-your-face. And they they repped the hell out of that, Gene. I asked Corey because yeah. he was on with me during that portion. I think we've seen that play 20 times in practice, maybe 25. Did Syracuse? Uh, yeah, I guess they got penalized more than FSU. Thank you, John. That's did they did. really? Flanagan actually had a decent night. He had a well, decent Well, yeah, except he blew the, yeah, the, the hold, which bought the hold in the end zone. Yep. The that one, was so obvious. So what, if you look at the lineup of the officials, he's the official in the back of the end zone that's standing right there staring right at it. I mean, that Warner, was on him. I, and that's a safety for Warner if he's not held. I want Leonard yeah. Warner. He's been here for 84 years. I want him to have a moment yeah. and it got ripped away and he could have been credited with the safety. Yeah. They, you know, just that's a, it's a crappy non-call. Uh, thank you very much. I didn't see who was the, the most previous. Oh, you were commenting on Flanagan. That's right. Forgive me. Forgive me. A little foggy brain going on. Thank you, John. And John's been great. Thank you, John. John is big time, man. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Uh, we're going to step aside in a minute here. We're still going to, we're at more 
breakdown of the game, Gene and I talking, uh, things you can expect. The phone lines will be open in about five minutes or ten minutes from now. Our own Irish Chauffel is up there covering the game live and in mm-hmm. person in the press box in Syracuse. We expect him to stop by for a couple of words. This is just, I mean, if you're a columnist at warchant.com, you get to write a lot of rosy stuff lately about the football program. It's a nice place to be. Well, Corey's got the best thing because I know he was in there for, he was, you know, he's one of the ones that stepped up for us because D-Rob's out and did some stuff, but he gets, he probably already has his calm done. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's a nice thing when it's a blowout at halftime. I mean, the writers, the media love this because they can get done. The worst thing is you sit there and you're writing. I've been up there trying to write mm-hmm. and the game goes back and forth and all of a sudden and it's overtime. You're like, man, it's going to be a late night. So Corey got it easy tonight. He did. Well, and the column, I asked him what it was going to be about. We discussed it a little bit in the watch along, but this is a night for maturity and culture, Gene, you know, because Syracuse, what they've done the last few weeks is not going to instill fear on film. You're not going to say, Oh my God, we need to be perfect tonight, but you go up there and you look like you're ready to take care of business from the word go. That is a sign coming off of a blowout win over your rival. You didn't enjoy that one too much. And honestly, Gene, I thought they were a little rough in practice on Tuesday. They finished strong, but they started a little wonky i was wondering if that would translate it didn't they were ready to go and that speaks to a head coach having the pulse of his players and the players buying in and sticking to the plan tonight was about maturity for this team well wasn't this going and that's one of the things i talked about when i gave my pick i was shocked at the fact that the team was not fired up they weren't over the top emotional against miami at the end of the game there wasn't some wild celebration oh my god we beat our rivals down here let's celebrate blah 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 i mean it was like business as usual um, I mean, they were excited, but I mean, that told me, okay, this team has reached a different level in terms of maturity. They, they can, this will translate to the next week because you're not going to have these crazy up and down emotions. And that's a credit to Mike Norvell that he's gotten them to this point. So I, that's why I was confident they were going to win this game. They're not going to have a letdown. Even if you had a, if even if you had a hundred percent Garrett Schrader, they're still winning this game. I mean, it wasn't even close on either side of the ball. Shout out to D Rob, who I just saw in the Thank chat. Thank you, D Rob. Hope he's having a good time. We need to get a, need to get a little deuce. He needs to look at this. Some of that, you guys brought that up, that wide receiver screen. And that, or that tight end screen. Come on. What if deuce had that, man? He's taking that to the house. I think everybody on staff has now mentioned that today. I tried to stay away from it, uh, D Rob. I, I know. I'm sorry, D Rob. I shouldn't, you know, bring that up. <laughs> but it, it is enticing. Yeah. You guys did step up today. He's right, man. You got you, Corey, Aslan. Jeff, everybody's done a great job stepping up today, especially Tom gutting through the the flu. Hey, Gene, we only get 13 of these a year, so you got to – I mean, I say 13 because we're going bowling. Oh, definitely 13 this year. And I will disagree with you. I'm sorry. I know we got a good friend out in San Diego and all that. I want a game in Orlando or Jacksonville or Tampa so our fans can get there, fill the place up. It's like another seminal home game. Don't make them travel to Charlotte or – Frickin' Washington, what was a military bowl in Annapolis or San Diego? No, let's have a game in Florida. Let these fans enjoy it. I I agree. We're giving them Orlando next year with LSU. That's a huge revenue for Tallahassee that we're shipping out. Jacksonville, then we'll be in Orlando. It's perfect. Kendall uh, celebrating down goes Jimbo. They lose to Auburn. Oh, boy. Jimbo's at, well, how soon is Jimbo's at West Virginia? Yeah, Cadillac Williams uh, with the win, I guess, as the interim coach for Auburn there. So times get worse for for that program. Uh, Miami had a good day today. They beat Georgia Tech by 21, I think was the final margin, and Florida took care of South Carolina. So 
That's where we're, our eye is, is moving ever closer towards that Florida game. But Will it be health. a good season or a great season? That's what it comes down to right there. Because you, even if you lose to Florida, you get eight wins, you play in a bowl, you know, it's, it's a good season. I mean, it's better than you expected. I think the over-under, was it only six and a half? Is that right, Tom? Six and a half. That, six and a half was a preseason over-and-under, so you, you blew that yep. out of the water. Yep. Um, but, man, if you can finish the season winning all these games in a row, beating Florida after blowing up Miami and playing in which will be a better bowl game if you beat them, Woo! I mean, you're going with a lot of momentum into the off season if Ed that happens. Glorioso, SEC West champs. Yes. Thank you, Ed. Let's start working on the T-shirts. Yeah, that's right. But I'd say wait to the SEC championship because I'd rather be SEC champs. Yep, that's right. Yeah, and if uh, you beat Florida as well, you go a little bit of West, a little bit of East. It doesn't matter. And who knows who we match up with in the bowl game? What bowl we go to? Could be another SEC team that you face in the bowl game, but. It's nice to see. I've seen, I've seen Alabama thrown out there and some of these other SEC teams. That would be a lot of fun. Do we want to, before we like go to break and take the calls, do we want to do my, do you mind doing my top five? Let's break them out. Let's break them out. So you ready, Ben? It's the all the fixings Gene Williams edition, his top five ACC. Oh, look at that. All right. So go ahead, Gene. Okay, so number five, the tack light. They had another tack light on there. The best thing was they had the monster truck run over it. But if you see the commercial, they only run over the back end of it. They leave the light part, not run over. Then they put a regular flashlight, and they run it over the whole way, and it shatters. It's just – it's hilarious. Okay, Flanagan, we talked about that. There's always at least one. And I will take this in every game. They only blew one or two calls. So that's not bad. That's number four. Now, if you see, have you seen the automatic football thrower, Tom? No, I, no, for kids with no friends. <laughs> it's for kids with no friends. It's so sad. You put a little thing on the ground. It throws this little tiny ball. And a buddy of mine, I got to say my buddy Steve, shout out, buddy. He goes, what is this, a toy for kids with no friends? <laughs> so we all laughed at that. So, yes, it's yummycan.com. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. It's a yummy can where you put bacon in. And the funny thing, at the end of it, they go, we're going out of business. So now instead of getting one, you get four. <laughs> I didn't see now, – now, Aslan referenced that in the watch. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? So that makes sense now. Okay. So the, thank but you. my best was the alien seal. So they're selling, <laughs> they're selling scotch tape. And their marketing is alien seal. You get three rolls of scotch tape for 20, but they say does not <laughs> – <laughs> it's it's alien, Gene. So it's so it's it's extra. Uh, it's out of this it world. It doesn't include shipping and handling, so they're going to charge you like another fifty dollars for three rolls of scotch tape. <laughs> it's out of this world, alien. Uh, that's uh that's where the revenue windfall comes from for the ACC is uh, these particular uh, sponsors. I love the guys too. They dress up and Happy Veterans Day weekend to everybody who served. Oh yeah. Uh, as the son of a a, man, a young. Thomas Lang Sr., who uh, was in the military in the 101st Airborne. Uh, that's a very special day. But I bring that up and say that not only because we want to thank our veterans, but I hate when these companies have these guys dressed in fatigues to sell tack glasses. Like, can we stop with that, you know, with the snipers and stuff? Like, I don't know if you were ever in military ever, man. Like, don't – Well, get the acting, too. You sit there and these, the overacting. I mean, I guess they're just pulling their friends out and saying they're, they're like probably editing it with iMovie. And, right. Come out, buddies. Let's tape a – but how much are they paying? How much alien tape are they going to sell <laughs> to pay for that commercial? Well, no freaking way. No, Gene, you know, some of those spots – I'll just tell you from the radio days. Some of those things, they gave a, a specific phone number for every radio station or for every TV station. 
and you get paid a portion of a sale. I feel like that's what that is. I, I don't think that's actually a spot rate, but I digress. That's a, probably too much inside baseball for all of you who just want to celebrate that the Knolls are seven and freaking three. Woo! Well on their way to an at minimum eight win season. How about that? Heady times for the Knolls. We'll wipe up the, uh, the phone number in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break thanking our friends at Zaxby's who make Saturdays possible here on Warchant TV. And then hopefully the phone lines won't be messing around with me this week. Uh, but we will open them up to you. Celebrate seven and three Knolls. Number up, Ben. Yep. We'll put up the phone number right now. It's 850-805-5911. 850-805-5911. We will talk to you in about 90 seconds and the phone lines will be open on the Warchant Game Day post game call in show. Something big, something huge is taking over the world of chicken sandwiches. Zaxby's new signature sandwich with Zax sauce or new spicy Zax sauce. Because the chicken sandwich war ain't over yet. The new signature sandwich, it's taking over. And it's only at Zaxby's. Warchant.com has been the definitive home of all things FSU sports for over 20 years and is now part of On3, the next generation network. Warchant.com has the most experienced, tenured, and largest staff on the Florida State sports beat and now features innovative resources, including an NIL database that projects player value and a truly aggregated composite recruiting ranking system that will set the bar in the industry. There are no words to describe the perfect pairing of Zaxby's hand-breaded fingers and our 12 delectable sauces. But there is a sound, and that sound is mmm, mmm, mmm. The Zaxby's Chicken Finger Plate with endless sauce abilities, only at Zaxby's. The phone lines are fired up, and call screener Terry has some good news for us. He says he's here and ready. He placed a bet at the casino, and he won 100 bones. Yes, up. he did. He Terry, took, he got it at 7, even though it dropped to 6.5 when he was out. Terry told me the story when he was out in a legal gambling state, which hopefully Florida will be at some point fully legal. Yep. He was able to put down some money, 100 bucks on the Knolls. So there it congrats, is. Terry. You're buying, you're buying shots tomorrow, buddy. That's right. Enjoying some good scotch. Courtesy of Mike Norvell, Florida State, and a 38-3 victory. Doesn't get old. Seven wins now for Florida State with two games to go. Starting to get the melancholies that the season's coming to a close because I love watching this team, Gene. I don't want to see Can more. we tell A&M right now, can we just get somebody we know out there in College Station to just put a Christmas tree in his front yard? That would be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> we might know somebody in Houston. Is there a Nolan Houston yeah. to just make the drive? It's not that far. Go ahead. That would be hilarious. Get through the gated community and drop that Christmas tree on the front lawn. <laughs> uh, I see some folks in the screening room. We are just moments away from our first call of another victorious. By the day. way, Tom, some people brought up the pillow too, and it may, it just may, missed the cut at number six. So there was a <laughs> <laughs> what pillow? <laughs> I've never seen Gene have like the laughs like this. ACC. <laughs> HDC Network commercials do it for him. People saw they know what I'm talking about. A pillow is a, a lumbar support, but it blew up. And it... <laughs> oh, see, see, this is the goal. This is what we wanted from the post game show. You know, we didn't want this 20. Oh, let's talk I can handle it. 
where Florida State gets destroyed most games that year, you know, last year with Jay State. This is what we want. Yes. We want this to have some fun laughing at the ACC. Hopefully we're laughing all the way to the bank of a reputable conference here in the near future. But Florida State has won 70% of their football games. The offense is a nightmare to prepare for. And Gene's making a list of the next five, all the fixings from the ACC and the ACC network. Anthony says, uh, and, and yes, Anthony, I wanted that 40 burger, but it didn't feel oh. like it was going to be a 40 burger. I said, not quite. And they were stuck on 38. Probably should have been. Probably should have been. And before we get to our first call, Gene, what did you think about this? Two things. So Mike calls the, the tally special, the, uh, yep. okay. So that's, that's the official name, or did you guys give it that? I call it a Noli special, but then I see a guy in the chat put tally, and I think that's better. I like that. I like it. Yeah. And then he goes for a, on fourth and 21. What do you think about that, Gene? I feel like that's well, where, it. We, where he's at on the field. What are you going to do, punt from your 35 yeah. or wherever he was? I mean, I get it. I did want Tate to get a touchdown, man. That was so close a couple times Yep. for Bully yep. Tate to throw one in there. but He just missed McLean. That was, uh, it was just a little wide out of bounds, but that was a really good throw on the move. It, yeah. It needed to be great to be catchable. But, uh, Tate looked okay. He looked okay and extended work. That's always great when you can get Tate Rodemaker quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, there was no love loss there. And you gotta remember Syracuse one of those permanent opponents going forward, so. Yeah. I just, yeah. I found that interesting that, I mean, he was going for a fourth and 16. It, but it seemed like there was a little, I don't know if it because their players were talking smack or something. There seemed to be a little something there. There was. Jordan was in the middle of a lot of that tonight. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he's like, when he got knocked down the one time, they were doing something to him in the pile because he was pissed. Yep. yep. And may, at, that might have affected some of the math there for Mike. But I uh, just I found it interesting because that's the first sign of, oh, you're yeah. playing heaps. OK, we now go for the second time in uh, War Chant TV history to Texas to talk to Josh, Josh in Texas. And he wants to talk about. Some uh, of the special teams blunders, it looks like. But go ahead, Josh. Welcome okay. to the program. Hey, guys. Uh, what a great win, right? No, yes, man. sir, Josh. Blowout city once again, Josh. That's right. Ab- absolutely. It's just it's great to see. Uh, well, FSU is just fun to watch again uh, as a football team. And great to see the defense uh, two games in a row. Uh, touchdown shutout. Uh, it's been a long time since we've seen uh, defense play dominantly like that. Yep. Uh, but absolutely, yeah, great win. Uh, looking forward to the the last two games of the season and our bowl uh, our bowl opportunities uh, for the first time in in yeah. way too long. So that's good. First winning. Season. Uh, anyway, my question. Go ahead. Absolutely. My uh, question uh, has to do with. Uh, one of the, you know, we had, uh, uh, multiple, uh, false start penalties on that one field goal attempt near the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of those went to Zane Herring. And my question is, why was Zane Herring even in at that point? Uh, he's a backup to mine. I might be incorrect on that, but I thought he was a backup and not in the starting lineup for the offensive line. Why do we have in, him in there? And, and then just, uh, one other uh, thought here, like if we are to win out uh, the rest of the season, uh, recruiting-wise, what do we think that'll take us to in terms of a recruiting ranking for uh, for the 2023 class? So thank you guys so much for what you do. I appreciate 
uh, I appreciate all of the content you put out. You do such a great job. And I'm just going to get off the line here and uh, listen to you guys uh, talk about the questions. Appreciate Thank it. you. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, Josh. So uh, Zane was flagged for both of those false starts, actually. 56 was. Uh, the best answer I can give you, Zane, is on special teams, it's not quite the same as, yeah. uh, you know, your first team offensive line. You just line up in the same places. You use a lot of different bodies, uh, sometimes defenders as well. Uh, in some of these special teams units. So that's the best answer I can give yeah, you. Yeah, it's different. If you look even NFL, you look sometimes there's a different personnel groupings for field goals, punts, those yeah. kind of things. So it's not necessarily yeah. the same guys you see. So I guess that's it. But it, it's tough for Schrader to get called for both of them. Yeah. Um, and that, I'm sorry, what else was, was he asking? Well, about uh, the, uh, well the finish and recruiting. Um, yeah, the, but I, I think one of the things people got to look at for that, when I've been following recruiting for a while, is you're, you're not necessarily going to see a huge – It's for the 2023 class, this really has a bigger effect down the road because now you're proving to kids, okay, Mike Norbell is legit. He's got the program on the rise. It's going to have a bigger impact on 2024. It might turn one or two kids yeah. in recruiting. It's going to help you a lot in the portal. I guarantee you what's going to help in the portal, Tom, mm-hmm. anybody who's a defensive end on a team, if you're on an SEC team and you're rotating in and out a defensive end and you're a five-star recruit and you got NFL aspirations, you're looking at Florida State right now because, man, Jermaine Johnson, Jared Verse, who the last, one of the last mock drafts I saw had him number eight overall. Okay. Now, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be that high, but he's going to be a first-rounder. So you're putting first-rounders in year after year out of the transfer portal. Those kids want that. So I think it's going to help you even more in the portal. Maybe you finish at 15 in recruiting rankings and people are upset. Well, I don't care if you get a stud defensive end, you get a stud, you know, whatever, running back, you get another stud wide receiver, you get a stud defensive tackle, you know, all the linebacker, all these positions you need. I mean, that's going to fit the bill right there. So I think you'll see bigger impact in the transfer portal and maybe for the 2024 class than necessarily the 2023 class. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's it, it's a bit of a lag, but but what could happen here is if these wins inspire fans to maybe get together in a collective and work on these things, maybe you could see a spike in the short term because maybe Florida State is able to make an eleventh hour offer to an extra player or two because the fan base buys in and the budget goes up for the NIL game. Uh, but the thing I would say, Gene, is you know this is all about kind of sunshine pumping right now because we're blowing out three opponents in a row. It looks like there's going to be a month of blowouts for Florida State. But there is an assessment to come, and there's a conversation that needs to be had in the next month and then the subsequent season and offseason about how many closers do you have on this staff and do you need more closers on this staff. That's the big-picture discussion, and I don't know how much of it can affect 2023, whether you have a top 12 class, top 15 class, whatever it is. I don't know how much it can change right here, right now, but the question is, how does yeah. Mike think? What does Mike think about it? And does Coach Norvell think they need more recruiters on staff now that they've got a machine and a proof of concept? So it'll be interesting to watch, but for right now, you know, they've solved the biggest problem, which is the on-field product, which has been awful for several Yeah, yeah, years. and that's the first thing that's going to help you a lot in recruiting. The other thing, you mentioned the NIL, but I think the other thing, it's kind of lost in the shuffle here is how much it's going to help you retain players because that's the last thing about the NIL. There's a lot of players in this team that are borderline where they're leaving or going. Now, a couple of them, you're going to lose Jared Burrs. I think you're going to lose Trey Benson now. Um, but there's players, you know, like a Jordan Travis, you know. Yep. The fact that you've got more money going in the NFL, NIL, I mean, that's going to help him decide to stay 
for a yep. year versus leaving. There's two or three other players that are probably in that situation like him where that NIL could do you wonders of good for bringing back guys you know are already major contributors to the team are going to help you and then come back in 2023. It's a conversation we like to have on the JCS all the time is that your budget has to include a retention budget mm-hmm. for the current players that you have to make sure they don't get poached by other schools or the NFL. You know, if you can help it to bring some of these players back, that's got to be part of it. And hopefully these collectives that are representing the interests of Florida State that are not affiliated with the university in any way are spending it mostly on football because if they aren't, that'd be nuts. So hopefully the budget is going where mm. where it needs to go, which is heavily towards football. We now go to Gene and Ocala back-to-back weeks. All right, Gene, it's nice to talk to you here on the WarChamp game show. Go ahead. What's going on after another blowout, sir? Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Um, Gino, what's going on? <laughs> Good to talk to you, Gene. Hey, Gene. Oh, man, it's just a beautiful night watching them nose. I just, uh, you know, you just want to just take a step back and just say, look where we're at right now compared to where we were four weeks ago, how we were complaining about what kind of offense are we running. Um, now it seems like that running game is full throttle. My question to you is, what is the ceiling for this offense? If we can continue each week to maintain this poise, get the running game to this level, and just um, maintain what we're doing, I appreciate what you guys do. It's been an awesome time. Go Nose, F-L-O-R-I-D-A, S-T-A-T-E, Florida State, Florida State, Florida State. Let's Woo. do it. Let's bring this thing to Tallahassee next week. That's destroyed Louisiana and uh get ready for them um them some swamp lizards coming in on the on Black Friday. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. You too, Gene. Thank you, Gene. Love Gene bringing the passion here. Well, you know, he talked about how the ceiling for this offense. Man, you had twenty four points at halftime against the number fifteen ranked defense yeah. in the country in their place. Mm-hmm. So I mean that I don't, I don't know if it can get better. I mean, you were on pace to must get 50 points against this team if you kept your pedal to the metal. 
So I don't know. I mean, but they are, they look as good as almost any offense in the country right now when they're clicking and they're not making mistakes. Yeah. The ceiling is elite. This offense can be elite. That's the ceiling for this offense. Right now it's already really good, extremely mm-hmm. explosive, sometimes inconsistent, you know, and the resume matters for all 10 games and situations have been rough for a large patch of those 10 games. So that's why they're not where Tennessee is, you know, and, and even Tennessee got shut down by Georgia. But you take my point. That's been an elite offense this year. Florida State's close to that. And I think if they continue to produce these next two games, you've got to consider it. And, and one of the great parts about it, Gene, is you don't have six NFLers on that offense. You know, that, that's, that's the fun part here is the players, the idea being you win games so you can get better players. They're, they should be only getting better over the next two to three seasons mm-hmm. in terms of NFL caliber talent on that offense. But right now, I mean, if you're splitting hairs, maybe you've got three guys, maybe four who might have an NFL career, like a legitimate one in which they're drafted in the first couple of days of the NFL draft. It's Johnny Wilson, it's Trey Benson, are the leaders yeah. in the clubhouse for me. And Jordan Stock is getting better in, the, in this day and age of the NFL. He's got more of a chance than he would 10 years ago. But that offensive line isn't littered with first-round picks. It's just amazing what they're doing with good pieces, but not five stars and four stars like a, ten, like a Georgia would or, or an Alabama would. Which is a credit to Alex Atkins, what he's been able to do to that unit. And it seems like it's happened overnight, the run blocking. Yeah. I'm just, I'm astonished. I mean, I, especially with all those injuries you had early in the year, some of those guys aren't back. Um, it just seems like in the last few weeks, they've become a dominant run blocking offensive line. Whether, you know, I know Dominic had a great feature looking at the counter, but you look at some of those plays and you see just the, the holes open up. Yeah. And I mean, I, I haven't seen those holes since 2013, 14. Uh, it, it's amazing what wonders when you have a back, especially you do that with a back like Trey Benson, who can take advantage of that with his top end speed and his physicality to break that one tackle. I mean, it, it, it that's why you, you're seeing these ridiculous numbers mm-hmm. go up in Florida State being so good on offense. And just you hope they stay healthy. You hope it continues to the next couple games because if they play this well and this consistent, they're going to beat Florida. You know, you saw that stat that brought up, which I think was a little exaggerated. I don't know if you saw the ESPN put up those whatever stats they had, the percentage to win, mm-hmm. which I thought the percentage against Louisiana was a little low at 91. I would have put that at like 97, 98% to beat them. But I thought Florida at 72% was a little high. I probably put it, what'd you put it at, Tom? I put it like 60, yeah, so 65, somewhere, 60, 65, somewhere in that range. What's interesting is that system had tonight's game at like 56%. It was really low. <laughs> well, so, yeah, and Kirk Herbstreit picked Syracuse and one of the buffoons on the ACC network did also like, come on, guys. <laughs> Get real. Was, I know they're trying to make the game interesting. I know what yeah. they're doing. They're trying to sell a product. They don't want to all say, oh, it's all going to be a blowout. Don't tune in. Yep. Oh, well, I, I would. That, that makes me tune in faster. And here's hoping that they Yes, how could, yes, it made number six, Rondon. It was close. <laughs> uh, I had so, to get Flanagan in for one. Or I couldn't do all ACC commercials. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'd say, yes, yeah, 60% right now, G, maybe 65. 60, yeah. They, the thing is, if Florida State's offense is what it's been doing and they set the pace, then all, all the pressure's on Florida to match. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think we're more capable of making a stop than Florida is right now. That's, that's 100% true. Especially Fabian Love and coming back is just, it's been a huge. Yeah, it's amazing if you lose that's splits. Fun. If you were go back, and we need to do a story in that, the splits without him and with him, it's just, it's yeah. night and day. Because when you can stop the other team's run. Yes. 
it's funny how the whole world is your oyster. It all opens up when you can do that. Your defense suddenly is dominating people. You know, unless they have a really dynamic quarterback and some studs at receiver, they're in trouble. They are. We go to the official DMD of WarChant TV. He is Z-Chan, and he is a.k.a. Zach from Thomasville. Welcome to the program, Z-Chan. And uh, how are you feeling after a third straight blowout victory? Oh, I'm feeling great, boys. How about y'all? <laughs> we are doing it, Z-Chan. It's a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it feels great. I we uh, Man, we hung out at the house today. Uh, some cornhole and... Man, just it was it was a good night. I I was very very uh, very proud of the boys. They man, they played the the kind of football that I expected. Um, especially after watching the last two weeks, I was hoping they wouldn't have a letdown after last week, and they certainly did not disappoint. Um, I'm I just you know the to, I don't know what do y'all think that it seems to me that over the course of the season there's been a a distinct improvement in play calling, um, especially on on offense. I've been very, very impressed, especially the last few weeks with, with Norvell's play calling. What do you all think? Yeah, Z-Chan, I mean, but I think if you – interesting, and Tom, I want you to come on this too. It seemed like between the 20s, mm-hmm. they've been pretty consistent moving the football all season. I mean, play calling has been pretty good. It seems like when they've gotten now and they've gotten – in the red zone. And this could also be a function that they seem to be blocking better too. There's better up front, especially the run blocking. So they don't feel like they need to pull shenanigans. And when they get close to the goal line, um, I do think the play calling has been better inside the 20 in the last few weeks. than it was during, especially that three game stretch, the Clemson wake NC state stretch. Yeah. I'd say it's a combination of things. Um, you're able to run Jordan Moore. They ran him early in this game. He had another running touchdown, rushing touchdown that adds another element. It makes it you a lot harder to defend. Uh, they did switch it up a little bit. You saw last week in goal line, they're in the I formation. It's a traditional looking goal line set. They get stuffed in the first play, but it sets up a play action to uh, Lundy for the touchdown on second down. So they've implemented new things. Jordan's gotten healthy enough that they're able to run him. And that three-game stretch was the three-game stretch against ranked opponents for a reason. They're better. So the competition has gotten a little worse. Now, I, Gene, you're correct that the Syracuse defense is top 15 or top 20 in, in a it's lot of It's better than Wakes. It's as good as NC State, yes. but for some reason you couldn't do anything against them. It is. And they were a little bit banged up tonight, too. So, I mean, like, it's just – I think it's a, it's all things married together, Z-Chan, but there's no doubt also that development has something to do with it. They've gotten better as the season's going gone along, and that's the mark of, of a good football team, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I, man, they offensive line is is just dominant. I mean, they they most of the time hold the pocket open no matter what, and it's it's been very very um, man, it's been exciting to watch a team that that plays with that much yep. conviction and heart and and just downfield running. I mean, it's, it's been good. Um, so, quick, the, my question is. Uh, what are the chances that Jordan Travis returns next year? And if he does, and let's say if Fabian Lovett does, uh, what's the ceiling? Cause I, I, you, you're going to have a hard time talking me off the, off the heights of the mountain. Cause I'm, I'm really, really excited for, for what could happen if we, if they both return. Well, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Fabian's eligibility is done. I think he's not. Uh, I think he technically could have one more year, but he, I think he's, yeah, every, every sign is he's gone. I, but I, so I don't think that's happening, but yeah, 
I'm starting to think I'm starting to lean that Jordan's coming back. Now a lot will happen to you know they have the whole situation where a player can submit to the you know, the a committee or advisory committee or whatever and come. I assume he'll do that. I have not you know maybe stuff will change how well he's playing, but when I've seen any mock drafts I've looked at, I have not seen him in any mock draft to be drafted right now. If yeah. that continues, if he's a late pick or he's an undrafted free agent. He should get a pretty good NIL deal to come back for another year. And the nice thing is I think he has a really good structure around him, family and friends. Devin, obviously, uh, he relies on him a lot. I think the thing is, so I think they're going to make a very pragmatic, logical decision. And if they look at it, look, you get, let's just throw out, maybe it gets close to a million dollars in an NIL, NIL deal to come back. You put that in the bank, you can try out for the NFL the next year. You're no worse off. You try out for the NFL after this year and you don't make it. You're down a million bucks. So being a college student, and you could see him having such a good time on the sideline. He's obviously loving his college experience right now. Why give that up for a good chance that you're not even going to make the league? So I think there's a better 50-50 chance that he's back next year. I feel more optimistic that Jordan is returning than I did before the season started. Mm-hmm. You know, before the season started, I think he alluded to it in Charlotte there too, yeah. that, you know, this is it. And it felt like for a lot of reasons, I think college fatigue and, you know, he's been through a lot and he's willing to open up and talk about these things that it's been a ride where he thought he was going to quit football for a little while. And he found love in the game again. And it was Kenny Dillingham and coach Norvell that helped evoke that when he got to Tallahassee and the coaching staff had changed, but I feel better about it now. I I think that the NIL presentation to retain his services, Z-Chan will be pretty good. I don't think love it comes back. But if they go dip in the portal and they go get themselves another solution at defensive tackle for, you know, as a plug and play guy, that game against LSU, let's just put it that way. That game against LSU in Orlando to start the season is going to be huge. And I'll bet you Florida State's ranking is pretty high if they finish strong this year, Gene, because the network's like that. They want to make sure that it's a top 10 or top 15 matchup. So the hype machine will be in Florida State's favor. Oh, yeah. They're not sneaking up on anybody next year. So if they win the games, they should win. It could get real fun next year, and you can believe it. Or Chandler—they they get some of those guys back, man. They're a legitimate contender for the ACC next year. You can bet at Warchant.com and Warchant TV. We look forward to that off-season discussion because we've had mm-hmm. to ask so many fundamental questions about the health of the program. Let's talk about how high they can go instead yeah. of can they can they even go at all? It's a nice place to be. Thank I you. Lo- I love the thank you, Z Chan. I love the discussions about. You know, is, is a ceiling, is this a ceiling? I mean, can Mike Norvell be that right, coaching right. at FSU the next level and get to the college football playoffs or whatever? Okay. I like having that discussion because that means Florida State's in a position where they could be there. Yep. Yeah. And that's where, that's where you get the, the, the good interactions with the fans and the yes. questions are, are, are not about things like, should we fire this guy? Yes. It's like, hey man, <laughs> how, how good is this guy? Yeah. I look forward to those conversations at the corner pocket and other watering holes around town. We now go to Charlotte to talk to Kyle. Uh, Kyle last called us a Warchant TV back in the summer. Uh, but, uh, Kyle from Colorado, or are you in Charlotte? What's going on, Kyle? How's it going? And, uh, oh, it's get down or lay down. So, oh, welcome, okay. You know, tried to call last week. The phone lines were full. Welcome oh, to the program. Let's go. All right. So it's Kyle, Charlotte, Colorado, get down or lay down. Hit us with it. It's a big win. Talk to us on Warchant TV. Hey guys. It's good to talk to you guys again. Uh, I just want to know uh, what you guys are looking for this week in practice and what you want to see versus Louisiana next week. Do you want to see a lot of second-teamers get reps, or do we just want to just grind them into the ground and make sure we're ready for Florida? Okay. 
Straight to the point. Um, thank you, Kyle. Go ahead. Thank Kyle. you, Kyle. I, I just you want to see the maturity that you know they're not getting screamed down for making stupid mistakes or focus errors in practice this week. Uh, I don't think they need to rep anything crazy. Hopefully, in practice, uh, they're repping for Florida the entire week, yeah. and then they run a vanilla game plan. The good thing, Gene, is that this offense is not complex in the way they want to run. You know. They, they want to attempt 50 passes a game with complex route uh, trees and, and uh, site adjustments and things like that. This is not the air raid offense. This is a physical ground and pound. That's what they want to do, first and foremost. They did it to Duquesne to start the season. They did it to Boston College in the middle point of the season. They've done it to Miami, and they now did it again tonight. They could be physical. So I think you already have a vanilla game plan where you run counter and a couple other runs, play actions that are basic, and you're good. Uh, but I would rotate in more backup players if yes. you can assert yourself to a three or four score margin in the first couple of quarters. And that's not crazy to suggest, Gene, because that's what, that's just what they've done the last three weeks. So if you can get guys in before halftime, then do it. What do you think? No, I mean, that to me, that's the biggest thing. You don't want it. You're not going to give anything away. I don't want to see. I, well, during practice, like you said, I just a solid effort. Guys not slacking off. I want to see them focused on Florida. But I mean, for the, the game this week, man, no injuries. Give the backups some time. It gives you extra time. The nice thing is Florida's at Vanderbilt this week. So yeah. now that the Vandy knocked off Kentucky, a team that beat Florida, yeah. maybe that has their attention a little bit where Florida State basically gets a glorified scrimmage and they kind of prep for Florida a little bit. So Florida State is in a good position. I just, I just want to see the team healthy. I want to see them focus, not regressing, you know, just go out and play a solid game, take care of business and get out of there. Yep. A hundred percent. And I uh, love that noon kickoff, too, because yep. short week. Every hour you can go into recovery matters. Jackson Town, Florida's got a game at, I don't know if it's a night game or not, but it's at Mandy. they got to travel. Yeah. Yep. So that helps you also. Again, yeah, with the short week, that matters. And I think that's mm-hmm. why you want backups in earlier, uh, as early as possible, because, again, every play counts when you're six days apart. There's no advantage or disadvantage there. Both teams play on Saturday, but just short week sucks. So make sure that you get your guys in, get them out. Be professional about it next week. We now go to Pillar Eric, who uh, I wonder if he's still at the CP right now, but Eric Angel is on the program, and he was taking in the game for, at our good friend's Corner Pocket Bar and Grill on the Parkway. What's going on, Eric? It's another blowout. Glad to talk to you this week. Hey, Thomas. Gee, yeah, yeah, it's a blowout, baby. What's going on? <laughs> hey, Eric, we missed you last week. We want to hear you after the Miami game. You almost had your prediction right. Hey, Gene, I appreciate it, brother, but I passed out in my own apartment when it was 31 to 3, brother. Uh, understandable. Yeah, but, uh, what a fantastic victory. But I tell you what, man, can we borrow like a third of Mattress Matt to bet at the World Series on the Astros to get the fuck out of this conference? Because these fucking ACC refs, you know, they fucking You got the quick boot because he set a new <laughs> post game show record for F bombs and he did, did. so 
before? Did he break his other record? I don't know. He had about four or five before. He got a GD, five F-bombs, and, and, and a call for a blowout over Florida. We love you. Call back next week. But uh, we love, gotta, Yeah, we love you, Eric. I got to put you in the penalty box for that one. <laughs> uh, Tom, aren't you glad we're not the old days of the FCC? I mean, they would. That would be a problem. That's right. That's you know, I was asked if like could could we run this on the air? I'm like, no, no, somebody's gonna <laughs> drop an F bomb. You don't want to do So that. we can't pull that out as a war chant extra? Like yeah. a short a war chant F bomb short. Yeah, that's I Ben, get your beeps ready. Uh that because it's funnier with the beeps, like uh watching the yeah. uh, Osborne show way back the Aussie show way back in the day. Uh but he was talking about Mattress Matt, the guy who makes all those bets on uh on the Ash he's in Houston. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't know I, what that reference was, but he's he's complaining about the officials. They blew one, maybe two calls the whole game. We'll take that in the ACC compared to what Flanagan's done to us in the past. Yeah, I thought tonight it was a nothing burger. Uh, talked about the forty burger last week. Tonight we're okay. The safety that you got screwed out of a safety. Other than that, the holding calls went largely against the Qs, which I found really interesting and it was refreshing. A lot of them. I, I don't think I've ever seen a team call for that many holds. Yeah, and they were Florida doing it. That's, uh, that they deep. were, but they're not usually called. That's correct. I'm still convinced part of this is they're not in the triangle. If you, it's a different mentality. If that was against Wake or NC State, you're not getting those calls. Yep. Yeah. 100%, Gene. It matters when it's Tobacco Road. It changes the, the yep. equation. We go to San Francisco, a little West Coast note. We're talking to Jay in San Francisco. Welcome to the program, Jay. Go ahead with your thoughts. Hey guys, thanks so much for uh, taking my call. Um, first, I just want to thank you all. You know, I'm an ER provider. My nurse, my wife is a nurse, and we totally survived COVID. Kind of listen to you all. My brother's a pediatric oncologist and researcher. Sincerely, like we're all diehard Knowles. My brother went to Florida State. I'm a third generation Knoll. He's trying to cure cancer. I've totally been like trying to fight COVID, and you guys have like kept my mental health above board throughout all of this. And I know that's a little over the top. I'm probably seven beers in, but like, seriously, it's been awesome here in War Chant, like dominate over the last three years. Um, I, my comments are first, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald. I think he's turned the corner. I think it's totally awesome that um, he hit, uh, sure, he missed that 51-yarder, but I don't have any question about him being able to kick a 47-yard field goal to win the game. Secondarily, I just want to hear what you guys think about um, our bowl chances. I'm kind of hoping selfishly that we play in San Diego. I think we have a shot in uh, the Gator Bowl if we uh, beat UF. So I'll, I'll take my comments off the air, and thanks again for just giving us entertainment through a rough two to three years of Florida State football. and just uh world <laughs> pandemic and uh thanks for uh shining through because uh i'm uh really happy to be an all and really happy to be listening to more chat right now thanks a lot well thank, thank you jay, jay. Oh, that, that was a great call man and so much for you and your family everything you do to help people out we appreciate it and so i'm glad we could offer some modicum of mental health but sure i mean we love what we do yeah i'd say jay to that too it's uh it was therapy for us as well, yeah. uh, I was lucky in that time in, in the pandemic in 2020 that I could go to uh, the, the radio station that I worked for. I could actually go to the office. A lot of people didn't have that ability. I was able to get out of the house and do it. And 
as we were talking about our favorite plays from like a game in 1988, because uh, I went back and watched old and old games uh, that we, we needed content. Um, it was therapy to just be able to do that and talk about it. So thank you. It's uh, heartfelt. We love the Warchant TV and Warchant.com communities. You guys are fantastic. When we get to meet you, like we did in New Orleans for the meet and greet, and I'm sure we'll do something at a much larger venue. Uh, we'll have if the bowl game. That's another thing for the bowl game in Florida for Orlando or Jacksonville. We're gonna have a big Warchant event there, and then again, obviously for the pregame LSU next year too. So fans, get ready for it. I don't know if we can pull off. Man, I I love San Diego. And we got some good Knowles out there, but I don't know if we can pull one off out there. That might be asking a bit. At, at, uh, those flights, uh, they hit a little bit yeah, different. Yeah, a little expensive. Out, out to the West Coast. But uh, we, uh, we'll we answer your comments if we can there in a moment. But we've got to go straight to Syracuse. we got a slacker from New it, York. It's our guy who covered the game, the managing editor of Warchant.com. He is Irish O'Fell, and they've got a truck and a truck bed on the field behind him. But pay no mind to that, Ira. It's another blowout victory for the Knowles. Goodness gracious, are you getting tired of this? <laughs> That's just what they do now, and... And what they do in Syracuse is they set up for basketball games after football losses. So, so that's what they're doing here now. But, but yeah, it was, uh, look, man, three games in a row, three straight blowouts. It's, it's amazing that, you know, three or four weeks ago, we were wondering if the season was going in the tank with three straight losses. And now here they are, three straight blowout wins. It's really remarkable. Well, first, Sarah, thank you for doing all the heavy lifting out there on your own. I know a lot of times we, you have a support group around you from war champ man you're up there on your own doing everything so thank you so much for doing all that i I don't know what you know i'm watching this i don't know what's more impressive so adam fuller again his defense a team that can't even score a touchdown they even and look i i get garrett schrader probably wasn't at 100 percent, but still to do what he did but then again the offense people need to realize syracuse came in at number 15 in total defense, both in scoring and total defense, and they had 24 points at half, and they could have they could have probably gotten easily over 40, close to 50, if they kept the pedal to the metal the whole time. What what I mean, what did you take from this other than Florida State's really good on both sides of the ball right now? Yeah, you know, Mike Norvell was quick to point out the uh, the fact that Syracuse is number 15 in defense. Yeah, post game because I think he's proud of what they did offensively. That you know, this wasn't just a team. Yeah, Syracuse has lost three straight games. But it is a team that's played very good defense. And to run it the way they did, Trey Benson said after the game that they expected to run the ball down their throats, and, and that's what they did. And uh, Jordan Travis continues to play incredibly high level. In the last two games now, he's like 31 of 35 with uh, five or six touchdown passes and one interception. Um, and then you add into that the running game and the way the defense is playing. Even the special teams is playing well. Ryan Fitzgerald hits the 45-yard field goal at halftime after getting uh, iced. And then, you know, Micah Pittman and Pumper turns. I mean, it's just this team is playing as complete football as we've seen a Florida State football team play since, I don't know, I mean, 2014 maybe. I mean, that team wasn't even complete. It was just super talented. This team is playing at a different level than we've seen for Florida State in a long, long time. Now, I know you're a guy with binoculars, and you're there, so you got to see a lot of what was going on on the field. It seemed like there was a little animosity or something going on. I saw Jordan getting mad in a pile at one time. There we go, yes, uh, at one point. And then, to me, that, the call, the last touchdown for Florida State, the reverse pass, and I know, what would you call it, Tom, the, t- the tally? What tally is special. Yeah. The tally special. And I know it's something they practice, but it almost seemed that was a little, you know, a little, uh, they're like, Take that, Syracuse. Was there something, a little chutzpah or something going on there between the two teams? 
I mean, there was a little bit of chippiness, but I, I asked Norvell about that last touchdown, and and he, you know, he said, you know, we never try to embarrass anybody, but he did say that it was important. Uh, he thought they were going to score on the play before, well, it was two plays before, and they got stopped at the goal line, it got reviewed and overturned, and he just feels like, you know, if the team has has worked that hard to get down there, they need to go ahead and push it in. And and then he said, like later in the game, you know, it's just a tough situation sometimes where it's, you know, fourth and long. If you kick a field goal, is that piling on? If you throw the ball, is that piling on? Yeah. So, um, I don't know that he was doing anything to Dino Babers. I watched Mike Norvell and Dino Babers after the game, and they had a very cordial handshake and, and, and a quick talk. Um, I do think there was some chippiness during the game between players, but I, I don't think that that was Norvell's mindset there. I think – I honestly think what I was trying to get him to say, and he didn't say it, so maybe it's not true, but I think maybe he's trying to get this team to have a killer instinct to not just beat people – but, but put the dagger in people and dominate. And that's what I thought it was about, but he wouldn't say that's what it was about. Our, one of our, our uh, callers, Z-Chan, I think it was Z-Chan earlier, talked about, he said the last few games, is the play calling better? Um, and I, I thought, I think definitely between the 20s, it seems like they've always been good. It seems like they're definitely getting better inside the 20 now than they were early on. But I don't know if that's so much – it's probably some play calling. It's all the fact they're just blocking better. I mean, it's as simple as that. It looks like they're opening holes or dominating up front. I mean, what it, they've obviously this offense has gone to a second level that they weren't at a few weeks ago. So what are you, what are you seeing from that? Yeah, I think a lot of it's the offensive line. I think a lot of it's Jordan making better decisions down there too. Um, you know, I think when they kind of got in that little funk in the middle of the season, it seemed to me, you know, just there was a lot of pressing by a lot of different guys. And there were different guys that made mistakes in the red zone. And But the opportunities were there. And I think that was one of the things Mike Norvell kept telling the team during those weeks was these. it's not like we can't score down there. We're stopping ourselves, whether it's penalties, whether it's poor decisions, rushing plays, not being patient with plays. And, and now you're seeing them kind of come into their own. I think what you're seeing right now is an offense that is really starting to believe they're as good as – he has believed they were and you know, that confidence is translating because right now, yeah, I mean, they're against pretty good defenses. They're playing really well in the red zone. And that's the difference between putting up a ton of yards and only scoring 31 points and putting up a ton of yards and scoring 38, 40 or, or more. Ira, I'll ask a question real quick, Gene, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, just about the defense, you know, there's been a lot of qualifiers that you could lay out there with Miami's quarterbacking situation. Georgia Tech had one. It's a third straight opponent, actually, where there's been questions about who is going to be the starting quarterback and, and who's healthy. But at some point, you just have to say this defense is, is improving and it's and it's independent of whatever's going on personnel wise for opponents. They're getting better and better, aren't they? And this has to be a talking point now in this sequence. It's not just about the opponent. They're, they are making plays consistently now on defense. You know, there, there were so many examples in this game. You know, there's a play where Renardo Green, you know, the receiver's open. Renardo Green, Renardo Green just was not going to let him catch the pass. Really fought to, to contest it and break it up. Uh, Akeem Den, I thought, had a good game. The defensive front, though, I think is where it all starts. I mean, that defensive front is becoming a dominant group that we thought it might be before they started having some injuries. But now – and again, tonight was a perfect example where you see Jared Verse making a bunch of big plays, Derek McClendon, Josh Farmer, uh, one of the backup defensive tackles, um, Patrick Payton still making plays. You start to see the linebackers make plays. It's just, again, I think what you've seen is they kind of come through what they went through that middle of the season where they kind of lost lost maybe some confidence. And, yeah, the defense has been lights out. I thought that the moment of the game, one of the moments of the game, 
was, you know, Jordan gets that strip sack. I think it's 14 nothing at that point. And if Syracuse – or 14-3 maybe. And Syracuse, you know, punches in a touchdown there, which is what I think we've seen a lot from FSU's defense the last several years. If, if, the, if the offense gives the ball up deep in their own territory, the other team's going to get a touchdown. Well, this team now doesn't do that. And they get the stop there. The offense goes back down and scores. And now they go up to, into halftime 24-3 as opposed to 14-10 or 17-10. And that's a huge difference. It's the mentality, I think, is a big part. This defense is really playing at a high level. Ira, they actually gained field position on there. They had the tackle for loss and the sack, so it actually helped them out. So uh, it was kind of interesting to see where they fumbled the ball and where they ended up with the ball after that. So, yeah, you're right. That was, we just we didn't see that not too long ago from the defense. So an incredible performance. Well, we, uh, you got a lot going on. So what, what's going on at WarChan? I know Corey. Corey, we said earlier, he's got the easy job because he could write his column in the third quarter and be done with this thing. You actually have to work. So what do you, what do you got coming up for War Champ? War is working, buddy. Uh, yeah, sure he is. Hard, hard time. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, column actually is, he texted me his column's already done, so I've got to go edit that, get that up on the site. All the videos are up. Mike Norvell, Trey Benson, and Jared Verse talking after the game. Those are up. Um, we'll have a, another story about, uh, you know, the defense and how they played overall. I'll have my 3-2-1 column coming as well. And uh, a lot of this should be, up on the site by early tomorrow, by early uh, on Sunday, and uh, then I got to catch a flight back to Tally for uh, for another week of uh, Florida State football. It's fun covering this team right now, guys. Noon kickoff next week, Iris. So we get it. I know the fans don't like it. We like it in the media. So at least you get an easy week next time. And uh, Corey and I have to go uh, record the the rap, even though he's still not have not recorded the rap. Look at that man. He's still grinding through the uh, modern uh, miracle of modern technology. We'll do the rap, even though he's still in back home. Well, thank you, Ira. Great job, buddy. Safe flight back, and we'll see you. Take you, you get rest a little bit, but not too much. This will be an easy week. Thanks, guys. Feel better, Tom. Take care, guys. Appreciate it, Ira. Thank you, man. That is Ira Schofelli, managing editor of Warchant.com. And uh, that's right. He's hustling, Gene. He's uh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. I'm the guy. Tom has left. to be on the other side. I feel I really weird at this. That's there me. we go. I there grabbed it. Go. I, well, that. I, I touched it. Ben and I touched it. You know, there we go. Director Ben has me on the left. The guy on the left is back. You always have to be going back to our initial start. Who is the guy on the left? <laughs> Who is the guy on the left? We got to get that made into a shirt or maybe for the background here. I've got some open space. The guy on the left, a little sign. That wouldn't hurt. We now go to New York to talk to our guy, Josh. It is the 28th time he's called on Warchant TV. And they've all been for post-game shows. And they're increasingly now after big wins. So, Josh, New York, talk to us, baby. How you feeling tonight after another blowout for the Knowles? So, for the win, I'm feeling great. Tom, for, for, for the how I'm feeling, let's just say this. My wife and I went out last night, and we both had food poisoning, but I could not oh. miss the post-game call. I could not miss the post-game call. I had to keep it. I'm very superstitious. So, I had to, I had to keep it uh, really – consistent so um but um i do have a a, a question um we are we are it seems now we're a top 15 team i mean that's just evident what do you guys think is missing for us to break through into that top five category is that like a superstar you know receiver db quarter i mean we have the superstar quarterback i think Running back, like, I, I, I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Like, what segment group could use, like, a superstar upgrade for us to compete with, like, the Georgias and the um, the, the the top 
five teams in the in the country. There you go. Thank you, Josh. Rest yes. up. I get get you some PDO. Yeah. yeah, Josh. I had that a few weeks ago, so I know what you're going through, man. It sucks, but yeah, I hope you're feeling better. That's a really good question. I, I don't know about the Georgia thing, but I would say I'm not going to do it a position group because I look at that. Look, we look at that three game stretch: Florida State, NC State. You should have won. It was ridiculous. I mean, I don't even know that even equates. But to win at least one, if you win one of those other, you you should beat NC State. Win those other two games, okay. You're looking at potentially an 11 win season. Then you're an elite. You're in the playoffs. Da, da da da. So to me, when when I look at those games, it's not a position group per se. It is depth. It is a quality depth because why you didn't win those games to me is depth. We talked about Fabian Lovett being out. We talked about. Robert Cooper, and I, I had a good source that told me that Robert Cooper during that stretch was not even 50%. A lot of guys wouldn't have even played. Yes. So your top two defensive tackles were effectively out of that game. And you have a bunch of young guys. I think I'm, I'm really excited about the future of that position going forward. We're seeing some of the young guys step up, but they were not ready to play the elite teams at that point. That's the difference between the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Tennessees. And if a guy go out, they fill in another guy there for to me, Florida State, whether it's offensive line, it's in the in the trenches to me more than anywhere else. You don't have that depth of those guys. When you have injuries, there's a huge drop-off. So for me to Florida State to get to that next level where they're in contention to win the ACC to maybe get in a playoff, I think they need more depth in the trenches. I agree. Uh, that would have been my answer, so I'll expand on it a little bit, Gene, because, uh, you know, Recruiting is now something that is going to be under the microscope, and rightly so. We wanted to fix the on-field product first. The, well, the culture first, then the on-field product, and now it's about fortifying the ranks. And and the transfer portal can help, and it certainly – we talked about it last week. The, the blowout went over Miami. Transfer portal's fingerprints were all over that game, and they continue to be for Florida State. But you've got to fortify the ranks that you don't have this colossal drop-off if you don't have one of your top two linebackers, if you don't have yeah. either one of your de- defensive interior uh, studs, if you don't have one of your edge rushers, if you lose Jamie Robinson was down for a couple of weeks, you know, that's they're They're still thin at a lot of positions. I would say though, if I had to answer a specific position or position group, the offensive line needs to get better. They've developed and they've gotten a whole hell of a lot out of this group, Gene, and they yeah. haven't had good injury luck this year. Les Harris was supposed to be the starting right tackle. Darius was going to be a swingman player to play either tackle or guard as needed. Jazz was going to play guard for Florida State. That's how it started uh, this year. He was a right guard. And then Caden Lyles was going to be in the mix as well. And so, and Robert Scott missed the game and a half. It's just been, it's been yeah. tough to go with that offensive line, and they've gotten so much mileage out of it. It's great. But the last piece to the puzzle, I think, is when it's third and one and a half, you can run the ball and you know you're going to get a first down. They're not there yet. Yeah. And if they, if they get there with the way the offense already is schemed up and as explosive as it is, if you know something's coming and you still can't stop it, like a standard run on third and goal from the one and a half yard line, look out, man. Because and you could have done that in the Wake Forest and the Clemson games down in the trenches down there in those plays. Right. You know, Mark Hudson maybe nailed it. I don't know. I mean, that, if you had some studs on the offensive line, the defensive line and some depth there. Fabian Selfie, I don't know if you're undefeated, but I think a Fabian Selfie, I wouldn't be surprised if he had one loss right now. Right. Which it would I mean, if him be- and Cooper are healthy for that three game stretch, I think they're, I think they're one loss right now. And a one loss Florida State would be in the thick of the top 10 and, and in, at least in a playoff conversation, depending upon who that one loss was to. But that's, that's how close you are this year. 
But still, you know, even though they're not there and they didn't maximize that stretch of three games, this is such an improvement. And now we can have yeah. these conversations and they're legitimate. It's not delusional to talk about what does it take to get from top 15 to top five. Great call, Josh, because that's next. Mm-hmm. We are now, you should be expected to be ranked from here on out. That's what Florida State football should be about. And here we are again. And let's hope that they can get from the top 20 to the top 15 inside that top 10 with consistency. We go back to Long Island once again, second week in a row. We go back to back to the uh, 904. We're talking to Pat in Long Island. Uh, he has a call. We, we got quite the New York Knoll contingent, don't we? That's well, and this is a different. There's also Polly up there. I'm hoping to hear some Polly tonight. Polly was last week. So this, is a, this is another New York caller. We haven't talked to Pat since the uh, September. So go ahead, right. Pat. Welcome to the program. Hey guys, I just wanted to give uh, Adam Fuller so much credit tonight. Um, what a defense we've we've had we've seen for the past few weeks now. I mean, even even down to the losses in the uh, you know against NC State and Wake Forest. I think all throughout he had a great game plan, and I think we executed very well. And in the losses, the offense just didn't you know produce. But my question is, like, now that we're getting towards bowl season and we are actually bowl eligible, who do you think that we could realistically face that we actually wouldn't be favored against? Like, um, you know, I, I think we, we could play and beat almost every team in the country for the exception of maybe, like, you know, five to maybe eight teams. And I did, I'm just really high on this team right now. I think it's great. And, and guys, great show. I love it. And Tom saw you in New Orleans. Great to hear you again. Uh, hope you come to Long Island. Let's go Mets. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. (laughs) <laughs> all right, I like that. That's the way to close right there, baby. Um, Tom, you got all your New York peeps calling us up. I don't know about that. I don't know what's going on here, but that's okay. It's fine by me. Uh, it feels like a family reunion. Um, I'd say his number's right. Five to seven or five to eight teams would be favored against Florida State on a neutral field. Maybe a couple more, but not many more, Gene. Uh, if they look at it this way, if they keep playing this way, the next two games they beat Florida by, you know, whatever. Let's say. 41-12. Let's just, what, what did, what did, what did our, what did, uh, Eric say the score was? 41-17, so 41-16. Let's say they do that. I, I don't know. There might be five or six teams then at that point. If you pull a Florida off the map. Yeah. I don't know. So I, you know, the realistic, the only one I can see that you would maybe play, I don't, I don't know what Alabama would end up in maybe the Gator Bowl or something. I mean, they'd be favored against you. Yeah. Um, realistically, I don't know if there's any other teams you would realistically play in a bowl game that you would not be favored against. Yeah, I, I would put it this way. I know it's not directly answering his question, but there is not a team in this country this season that if Florida State played right now in a neutral field, I would say Florida State has no chance. Not a team. Not Georgia. 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 Yeah, I don't, Georgia. I, don't I, I, I wouldn't look at it and say Florida State's got no chance because that offense is just so balanced. It's it's hard. How about to- Ole Miss? I think that's a pick em, right? 
Ole Miss would be interesting because they're they're weird, Gene. They love to run the football. Yeah. I would it. like to see a little Lane Kiffin action. Come on, man. We'd like to see that. That would be fun. I, I'm not saying I would pick Florida State to beat any team in the country. I'm not that crazy. But what yeah, I'm saying yeah. is if Florida State played anybody next week, I'm interested because I wouldn't count them out of being in contention in the game. And that's how good this offense is. And the defensive front, that it's now that it's healthy, you can get off the field. Like, for example, if they did play Georgia, that defense is unbelievable and it's stifling. And what they did at Tennessee was – I don't want to see that again. Look, I get the offensive line is doing really well and overachieving. I just don't want to see that offensive line against that defensive line. I don't think that would work out well. I'd say Stetson Bennett could lay an egg for a quarter and a half. That wouldn't that wouldn't shock you. And then you're well, he he did it. He did it for almost a half in this game. And then what happened? Right, right. Exactly. Well, I'm just saying that you know this this is a year where some teams, even at the top, have serious flaws or inconsistencies or question marks. You know, last year's Georgia team, no chance. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even entertain okay. that discussion. But this year is also just a weird year for college football. The parity of it is a lot stronger, and that's why I think there's a lot more fan engagement this season. But I like having these discussions because it means that we've improved a whole hell of a lot. fun, yeah. We now go to Dallas, Texas, and we talk to Kara in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the program, Kara. How are you? Hey, y'all. Well, first, happy Saturday and happy game day, and go Knowles. Go Knowles. (laughs) My first, yeah, my, my, I, I help run the Seminole Club of North Texas out here in Dallas, and just first and foremost, we're just, Big fans of you guys out here. So just know if y'all are ever in Texas, we're, we're going to welcome y'all here. But, um, first, how does it feel to have a lowly ACC team beat the SEC West champions? <laughs> um, and then secondly, I would love to know what our, our chances are for, or what y'all's predictions are for bowl games. I know y'all talked about that quite a bit. But I'd love to see if you had to put your money down, what bowl we'd go to. Ooh. Anyway, thank y'all so much, and and go Knowles. Well, thank you, Karen. Thank well, you. Thank for you, Kara. And I don't know, if, I don't know if she was there, but I spoke. It might have been like 15 years ago. I was out in Dallas. I spoke to the club out there. That was a lot of fun. They were so hospitable, man. I had a great time out there. So it was a lot of fun uh, being out there. So thank you, Kara, for that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, Tom. I mean, this is they're putting us on the spot. So, so much to me goes down to that last game against Florida because I think that opens up the world of possibilities when you get yep. nine wins yep. um, and you knock Florida down because I think that's when you, it opens up the Gator Bowl and some other bigger type bowls for Florida State. And there's also the – I never saw – who won between Wake and North Carolina? I never saw the refinal on that. Uh, good question. You uh, guys know when our check and help us out but, there. But importantly, NC State lost today, Gene. To yes, I saw State. that, which is good for FSU too. Moves FSU up the pecking order. Correct. And trust me, we were supposed to do a video. We'll do it this week on FSU's bowl possibilities. We're going to do that every week. We're going to have a breakdown of the bowl possibilities and let you know. Uh, we meant to do this. He said, uh, North Carolina, oh, North Carolina one by two. Okay. Darn it. Okay. So my fear is so Clemson is relegated now. Clemson relegated. They're not in the playoffs. They're down the Orange Bowl. So North Carolina, do, North Carolina's get the second priority at this point it looks like and i don't know is that the gator bowl i don't know what that is i don't know and would they do a little bit of shuffle you know i I get there's prestige and you know with the pecking order of how it goes but they would be a fit for the duke's mayo bowl in charlotte right i mean wouldn't that be a more natural fit yeah but that's a lesser bowl so i don't know how that all works out i know trust me i know the folks in the gator bowl committee i know the one they want florida state desperately because they know the fans are excited they saw what happened in new orleans 
The right. FSU fans are going to fill that place up. They won FSU desperately, but there are limitations on who they can and can't take. If North Carolina ends up with one loss or whatever, or right. two losses, let's say they go to the ACC championship game and they lose to Clemson with two losses, I don't know, FSU, a three-loss team, are they allowed to take FSU in the rankings? See, that's one of the things we want to do in our breakdown we'll do this week to discuss the possibilities and what's going on there. I, If I had to pick, I don't know, right now I'd say Orlando, cheese it Bowl, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough. Of, we don't know enough what's going to happen with this. I'm not familiar enough with the the parameters of what the Bulls can. If the Gator Bowl can take Florida State, they want Florida State. Yeah, I just wonder if there'll be some horse trading between the bowl committees if they they can do that too. That's another factor. Yeah, you're right. You know, there's there's a local gate, an opportunity to sell a hell, up, a hell of a lot more tickets. They can tell the Duke Mayo Bowl, look, we'll pay you a million dollars, take North Carolina, but we want Florida State because they're never going to sell it out. So that's that's a good point, Tom. They could do that too. So I think I don't think they leave the state of Florida. That's my prediction. But I, yeah, I know that's not. I, I can't put money down on a singular bowl. There's so much to be sorted out. But NC State losing today to Boston College helps Florida State move up the ladder. So just keep on winning, and we'll see what happens. We now go to Atlanta to talk to Jordan in Atlanta. Jordan, welcome to the program. You are on with Gene and Tom on the War Chant Game Day post game column show. Go ahead. Go Nose! Let's go! All right. Yes. Bring it. You're awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. So uh, a couple things. I have uh, a couple thoughts. Knowles are awesome. You guys are awesome. Uh, I think we're on the path, right? So uh, so we're on the war path, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the timeline for a championship? Like when are we going to get there? When are we arriving? Is it next year? Is it three years? Is it five years? Like what's what's the timeline before we can expect to be like competing for a championship? And then how do we get there? Is it recruiting? Is it the transfer portal? Like what's the path get us to victory? Right. All right. And then I, I like I sent a couple of texts to a couple of friends. So like, is our de- is our defense legit? Like or like or is it like? The offenses we've been playing are not good, right? Like, what, what, what's the truth there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, thank well, you. Jordan, I, I love the enthusiasm. I love the optimism. Like, when are we getting a championship? That's what I, I mean. I love it, Tom. Can well, you imagine a year? Let's rewind back a year ago. <laughs> when we're doing this show, losing yeah. to Jacksonville State. Did any of us ever think a year from now, a year later, we'd be talking about, well, are there, could they go to a championship next year? Um, well, it's unbelievable that's happening. And I love the call and I love the enthusiasm. Look, I think next year, the goal, the first goal is ACC championship. I think Florida State is close. If they, if they get a lot of good players back to well in the portal, I think that's a legitimate shot next year because. You know, Clemson's on the decline. I think they got a shot to maybe do it next year. Um, I don't know. It's a bigger question to talk about to get to that next level, to compete with the Georgias, the Alabamas, those major SEC teams. I don't know with the state of the NIL and the revenue disparity between the SEC, ACC, it's legitimately possible for a team like Florida State, given the current parameters of the college football landscape to 
compete with those teams. I don't know right now if they can do that. But they can win the ACC, absolutely. Yeah, I think if they get the right players back next year and Jordan Travis is at the center of that discussion as a realistic player to return, I think they can be in the playoff conversation next year. But the playoff conversation – The 18 playoff, yes, yes. But, I mean, being in the playoffs – but legitimately compete, beating a couple SEC teams Correct. back-to-back, that's a different animal. We saw Correct. Michigan made the playoffs last year. How'd that work out for them? Right. Or Washington or the yeah, uh, uh, Meyer got shut out by Dabo or Michigan State. I mean, there's been examples galore of that fourth team just getting destroyed. Can they make the playoffs next year? Yeah, I think they could, but yeah. it doesn't mean Correct. much. I, I think if the right guys come back next year, this offense could be so scary and explosive that you could compete with anybody on, on your schedule and most teams in the country. Um, what's holding them back. We had that. We answered that a little bit earlier. And I think it's the, more of the same, right, Gene? It's about mm-hmm. the depth. It's recruiting. Depth, depth, especially depth. On the, in the trenches. And, and it's recruiting. It's not the transfer portal. The transfer portal can help. But don't, don't get me wrong. And but, should- but we need to have that conversation, Tom. This is a whole new way. I did good lunch with a buddy of mine and we talked about like kind of revamping our thought processes of recruiting being the end all be all but is it really anymore it can a team like florida state get to an elite level through the portal and just being good in recruiting but not elite but you're able to bring in so much talent i'll say one thing about mike norvell they can scout you talk about recruits talk about transfer portal they've hit at a really high rate if you keep hitting at this high rate and keep putting guys in the league through the portal this is going to build on itself. We don't know. This is completely new landscape because we've never seen this in college football before. Maybe Florida State can get elite through the portal. We don't know. It's possible because we haven't seen it before. Oh, it's a huge part of it, and I'm not trying to poo-poo the transfer portal. The thing I'd say, though, is uh, you don't know year to year what's going to be available and how many of each type of player is available. And if the NIL situation is not as ideal as some of these other competing institutions and there's only one really good offensive tackle that's out there, then you're going to get outbid in some of these circumstances. Yeah. Whereas I, I think it's a more reliable thing to go create relationships in the high school ranks because you know what the prospect pool is years in advance, years in advance, you know, what's coming down the pike. Uh, the transfer portal can be kind of a, a shaky deal if there aren't enough dudes that are out there for you to go get. But if there are guys but available. Every dude is out there to get, Tom. That's the thing. You gotta, you gotta revamp the thought process. The paradigm has shifted. Yeah. Every dude can be had at any school, except for maybe the starting left tackle at Georgia or whatever. I mean, there's certain limitations, but there's a lot of really good players out there. There are, there are verses out there all over the place. And if you're proven you're the school to go to, I mean, I remember Kansas State being the Juco you know, destination for years, and they were a really good team for years but just by because they were the best team getting JUCO players to come in. Florida State could be the transfer portal destination for every elite player. And to answer the the other part of the question, which is how long, I'd say three years. You know, I think next year they can inflate with the returning talent that they do have up to being a contender, but I think they need about three more cycles to de- to develop that depth. Yeah. To, to have a chance to develop the depth. But that doesn't mean that they can't compete for a college football playoff berth if they get the right guys back as soon Correct. as next year. As soon as, so we agree on that? Okay. Yep. I like consensus. But I'm looking at ACC though right now. I want next year, you get the right guys back, you do well in the portal, mm-hmm. Jordan comes back, you're making a run at the ACC. You're going to take that thing down next year. 
Our final caller of the evening is from Miami, a place where Florida State uh, was all smiles last week. In fact, anybody who was left in the building was probably wearing garnet and gold last mm-hmm. week. So it's less in Miami, less. Welcome to the program, and go ahead after another blowout victory for the Seminoles. I love it. I love it, boys. So uh, not to get uh, too far ahead of it, there is an outside chance we actually end up in the Orange Bowl. Correct. If, if uh, Clemson backdoored their way into the playoff, yes, yes. Well, it's right. we, had up, and, yeah. we finished ahead of the UNC. We could uh, we could definitely be down here in Miami for that, which would be great, probably against uh, Alabama or Penn State. Oh my goodness, Les, man, you're getting you're getting everybody excited. And I know Les, good. To, I know I know Les, good to, good to hear from you, buddy. And Les knows, trust me, Les is in the loop when it comes to this stuff. So you're right, there is a scenario where that could happen. That would be glorious. I would love it. I would love it. Place would be sold out. Hope to see you guys down here. Oh, well, well I'll be there less. If that happens, man, we'll be there with bells on. We appreciate the call from Les. Uh, don't be a stranger and uh, call on back next time. Uh, we like people who are in the loop just as much as we like anybody who comes to Warchant TV and hangs out for five hours and 45 minutes. Woo! Nearly 900 of you who are out there, please do us one small favor. It takes less than a second. Just take that mouse, drag it down, hit the like button. Like. It helps us My find goodness. more FSU fans like Les or like Josh in New York or uh, like our friends out in San Francisco and Seattle. And I mean, we're worldwide at War Chant. Gene, we had somebody from Sweden who was uh, hanging out with us for the watch along today. They were watching the game on a pirated feed on YouTube, they said. So we are literally worldwide. on. We're War all for the pirated feeds, man. This, this <laughs> nonsense. Tom, I need some help for some people out there. I need a pirated feed for next week. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the Bally Sports, RSN, whatever the hell that is, I don't have access to that. I don't know how I'm going to watch the game because yeah. I can't see the whole time at the game. I've got to get back for this show. So I, I need some help. So let me know what the pirated feed is <laughs> for next week. I, yeah, I know. The watch along doesn't work if you can't watch it. So uh, yeah. I think I'm going to do a seven-day trial of Bally Sports Plus. And, uh, is that – can I get that on Roku or whatever? Can yeah, I find I think, that? All I right. think so. Yeah, that's going to be the play for me. Uh, the old RSN, which is, I believe, uh, that spells Miami these days because they're always on the RSN <laughs> networks. It's our turn because we're playing uh, a non-Power 5 institution. It's a noon kick, which means just a promo way ahead next Saturday, 10 a.m. from Hotel Indigo. It'll be a 10 a.m. pregame show, one-hour pregame show. That's what we do for nooners. They're going to have the Bloody Mary and mimosas. Mimosas, baby. I may have to get out there for some mimosas this time. You know, Gene, I have to say there were probably about 45 to 50 people. I'm surprised. I mean, that's great for such a good turnout. It, yes, I think a lot of people, you know, early in the morning after a late Friday night of partying and the Knolls are winning and everybody's feeling good, you don't want to set up a tailgate. Just come to Hotel Indigo, seventh floor, enjoy some provisions with us, 10 a.m. Uh, ahead of the watch along and the post game show, which will begin in earnest uh, at noon. Matthew, Director Matthew in the house, did I miss the uh, Jimbo press conference breakdown? Oh, my goodness. Uh, that would be Irish O'Fell's favorite video of all time if he could just handle yes, the yes. press conference breakdown. Well, let's not forget. Yeah, there were a few. I'm glad Ben put that up. Yep. There were a few, including I saw a veteran put up a, uh, a super chat as well earlier. I'll make sure we get through all these fine people that gave super chat donations. Yeah, uh, Island Chief, thank you very much. Tonight, the over on season victories paid. Thanks, Knowles. I agree, Island mm-hmm. Chief. 
Thank you, Knowles. That was a good night in this household as well. Benjamin, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for being a part of Warchant TV's community, and thank you for the love there. Uh, Florida man in Texas, always, man. Lo- yeah. Love being around all the shows that we do. For home games, is there a reason the band is in the student section instead of their historic position in the south end zone? That's a recent change, Florida man in Texas. I, I'm sure it's a logistic thing that just made it simpler, but I don't know what that reason is. Gene, do you have any idea? Yeah, no, I don't know. I know the Champions Club's over there. I don't know if that was something to do with them being on that side or not. Or yeah. I maybe guess we'll, we'll ask around, see if we can figure that out. Maybe future expansion of luxury seating over there. I don't know. Maybe that's what they want to do. Jeffrey Bats, I love that name every time. Yeah. Thanks for the super sticker. I hope it's a funny looking one. <laughs> we appreciate those. <laughs> Timothy Danger. There he is. Hello, guys from Tennessee. This U.S. Navy veteran is so very happy and proud of this team. Absolutely can't wait for the Florida game. I, my son, four grandchildren, and a friend will be there proudly cheering for them. Go Knowles. Well, Timothy, Timothy. first of all, we thank you for your service. Yes, thank you. And secondly, we hope your travels are safe uh, in two weeks' time. And hope you're celebrating after that game. That's correct. And, Gene, if they do win that game, then it's keg stands galore, beer funnels. That's right. You want to let everybody know what the plan is because assuming they beat they win this week, which we are assuming they will. If they beat Florida, what is our plan for Saturday? Uh, get up and early, folks, even if it's going to be a late night of partying. We're going to be at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill in the 11 a.m. hour before Rivalry Saturday kicks off. We'll have a little setup over there at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. We'll do a little live show, probably about a half an hour number, uh, because we don't have a happy hour show the week of the Florida game. We're not going to do one on Thanksgiving Day. It's just that's not going to fly. So uh, we'll have a nice War Chant TV presentation. A lot of us, all of us will be in the house, and there will be keg stands. It's the Eric Angel. I never agree to that. I will do the funnel. I'm not yes. doing the keg stand. Gene and I are on the funnels. Jeff and I on the keg stands. Eric Angel will get an at-bat at the keg stand as well. Cause this oh, is- Eric Angel's in that, huh? It was his idea. You know, all he- right, well, i got to give him credit. Yeah. We'll put him on video for that. I mean, he's will be dropping F-bombs while he's doing the keg stand. Uh, I think he'll try, uh, most certainly. Uh, Bill Hayes, owner corner pocket. Uh, if it happens, make sure that you get those hand trucks ready because you have to pull those kegs out in the back deck. It'll be, or the front deck. It'll be a good time. Uh, Jen, thank you so much. Even our kicker is doing awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Fitzy looks fixed. And all the kicks were, even though when he missed, were right down the middle. Yep. A hundred percent. Tim Thomas. I can get used to watching us blow teams out by 30. Yeah. We all can. Thank you, Tim. We appreciate your support. Of what we do. Uh, who, who else do we need to thank, Ben? Marcus. What's up, Marcus? I like Marcus. He's a good guy. Y'all gentlemen are still going strong. Greetings from Philly. I watched the game with the Seminole Alum Club up here and had a blast. Go Knowles. We love that. We heard from uh, one of the heads of the Dallas Seminole Club, and now Marcus, who's yeah. hanging out with the Philadelphia. Love the Seminole Clubs out there. There's so many great Knowles that get to go to game-watching spots all over the country and outside the country, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, glad you're able to appreciate a game like this with fellow Knowles. So uh, one obligation that we are all too happy to do, we've got to make sure we hit one more break and a word from Zaxby's. We'll come back, wrap it up, reset for you what's coming up uh, tonight, tomorrow, mm-hmm. and the rest of the week as Florida State now has played their final road game of the regular season. Two home games to go, Louisiana and the Gators. Uh, we'll be back in just about 75 seconds after these words from Zaxby's. You're watching Warchant Game Day's post-game call-in show. He's Gene, I'm Tom, and we'll be right back. Something big. Something huge. 
is taking over the world of chicken sandwiches. Zaxby's new signature sandwich with Zax sauce or new spicy Zax sauce. Because the chicken sandwich war ain't over yet. The new signature sandwich, it's taking over. And it's only at Zaxby's. Warchant.com has been the definitive home of all things FSU sports for over 20 years and is now part of On3, the next generation network. Warchant.com has the most experienced, tenured, and largest staff on the Florida State sports beat and now features innovative resources, including an NIL database that projects player value and a truly aggregated composite recruiting ranking system that will set the bar in the industry. There are no words to describe the perfect pairing of Zaxby's hand-breaded fingers and our 12 delectable sauces. But there is a sound, and that sound is mmm, mmm, mmm. The Zaxby's Chicken Finger Plate with endless sauce abilities, only at Zaxby's. Thirty-eight to three is your final. Florida State is seven and three with two home games to go, and uh, get down or lay down has uh, d- dubbed uh, Pillar Eric Eric F Bomb Angel. Uh, we've had a lot of laughs on this post game. So Gene has uh, looked at all the fixins from an ACC Network yep. broadcast and just being in this conference. Uh, we had Eric's call, which was an epic one. Uh, feel free to go back in the DVR and find that particular phone call. Maybe Ben can add a chapter for it as well. I think we need to make that a short and just beep him out. That would be great. Uh, that was that was an all-timer, and uh, we're glad Eric is kicking because he deserved a victory lap last well, week. Were you not worried about him against Miami? I was like, man, of all the games, when he called out, he was the first one to call the blowout. Correct. He deserved his victory lap, and that's okay. He got passed out. He, he was passed yep. out. He was so happy. Uh, that the third quarter, I, I don't think he made it through the third quarter of that game. But we had Iris stop by doing his amazing thing as he's a one-man show up there covering the game for us. He did a wonderful job. Be sure and check out all of the things that Ira and the like have done, warchant.com. You'll have Corey's column. I believe Corey's column is, is live on the site right now. The Warchant wrap here on this channel. Subscribe to Warchant TV if you haven't done it already, uh, but you get Corey and Iris' take on the game. Tomorrow night, we've got Sunday Smash on this particular channel, 7 p.m., Sunday Smash. And in between, Gene, we've got PFF grades and a whole lot more on the website as well. Y'all have the uh, grades in the morning. I love getting up early of these late nights. It's a lot of fun. But uh, but I'm curious to see, like, I mean, there's some epically high grades against Miami. Will they exceed that for Syracuse? Because you're playing, a, you know, on paper is a better team. Will you have better grades? Team grades and player grades across the board. I mean, what, what is Trey Benson's grade? What's Jordan oh. Travis going to do? What's that defense? I mean, they should be going through the roof. And we had that up and it was a, we did a graphic on uh, Facebook. We mentioned it and I looked this up on uh, PFF last week, but I mean, one of the grades they do, which is pretty good, is called the elusive rating for running backs. And Jordan Travis had the highest ranked elusive rating. And that is looking, that, that is trying to throw out blocking. So it, it looks at, Broken tackles, it looks at miss, you know, making guys miss, all those kind of things. And Trey Benson had the highest and any running back in college football, and it wasn't even close. He blew out the number two guy. And that's one of the reasons why the NFL is drooling over him right now. But little things like that, we get to look at on PFF and see what they're doing. So that'll be a lot of fun tomorrow. And man, just basking in the glow of another blowout FSU win and 
This is a lot more fun than it was, like I said, a year ago, Tom. This is great. I would hope after all that we've gone through, Noel fans, the last decade was nothing like the depths of this valley that we were in uh, the last few years. I hope that that has helped us savor all of these yes. because you got three blowouts in a row, and we will commemorate those in the way that we do on Warchant.com and Warchant TV. Be sure and to uh, to like this video and subscribe to Warchant TV. Live tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Sunday, smash. And you got like this guy right here, come on. Fighting through the flu, going through all this, doing all this stuff, man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yes, there he is. Way to go, Ben. Well done. Thanks, Ben. It's my man, fight through the flu, uh, hitting the game winner. Yeah, the, thankfully it's not. Uh, it's really not that bad, guys. Uh, you, you you don't hear it. I, I don't have any congestion right now, but I've got a. It's it's a fever. I'm clammy. I'm achy. What are you gonna do? So we only get 13 of these things. Florida man in Texas, I see you. Uh, you, can't wait Lord to come Mary. down home to Doak to beat down the Dirty Lizards. Well, hey, he's in from Texas. We hope to see you at Hotel Indigo that day. We'll have a pregame show at 4.30 that afternoon. Uh, but bask in it, folks. we got Wake Up War Chant. That'll be live in your podcast feeds on Monday morning. Uh, we'll have the Jeff Cameron Show Monday 1 o'clock. And we've got uh, – it's close to Thanksgiving now. But let's be thankful for the Knowles and three consecutive ass whippings. And they've been really, really fun to watch. So for everybody at War Chant, I want to thank everybody who helped us in the chat uh, tonight. Director Ben has been fantastic. Great job, Ben, all day, man. He's been grinding too. To those of you that are uh, contributing to us, we thank you so much. You don't have to do that. We appreciate your generosity. And to those of you that are just asking questions and interacting, this is all for you. Thank you for all of that. Terry screening the calls. Uh, we had Jeff early on in the first hour of the program for the pregame show. For Corey and Aslan, a nice wake-up war chant first half. That was excellent. I encourage everybody to go back and enjoy the watch-along. That was fun to hear those two guys, Aslan and myself, in the second half. A little bit of Corey, too, actually. Me, me and Corey in the third quarter. For Gene as well. My name is Tom Lang. This has been Zaxby's War Chant Game Day. When you're in Tallahassee, support Zaxby's because they are Golden Chief Boosters. They turn that money around, and they invest in the program. We will talk to you all on War Chant TV tomorrow night with the Sunday Smash. And we will be here around, what do you think, Gene 3, 3.30 next Saturday for the next WarChant postgame call-in show. So it's been a big time. Happy Veterans Day weekend to everybody out there. Thank you all for your service. He's Gene. I'm Tom. And we will talk to you on WarChant TV next time. 7 to 3, baby. Have a good night.